very excited to welcome you to Episode 7, Secrets of the Actor, Part 1. As you may know, this is the first episode that I've produced independently of Theatre Alberta. So you may have noticed that the name of the show has changed from Dramatic Impact, a podcast from Theatre Alberta, to Dramatic Impact, Acting and Theatre in Alberta. As of this month, Dramatic Impact has a new website and a new feed address. If you're subscribed, you should have automatically been redirected to the new feed address. But if at any point during this transition, basically sometime during this month, you do lose us, you can resubscribe by going to the new website at www.actingandtheater.com. And that's theater spelled R-E. I really hope that you will check out the new site. Over the next months, I'm going to try to keep it updated with lots of interesting theater information. And you can download individual episodes from the site, you can read about each episode, and you can even listen to the episodes right on the website. Also, you may notice that unlike the old site, this site has a fully functional blog, which means that you can post your comments each time that I post the show notes for a new episode. If you want to send me feedback via email, please go to the website and you can get my email address from there. So the topic of this show has been brewing in my mind since last fall, when I first knew I wanted to create a podcast about acting and theater and just started to brainstorm ideas. I'm very intrigued by how the pursuit of acting gives actors experiences and insights that they wouldn't have had otherwise and how it affects the actor's development as a person. I think a very closely related question is, what is it that we as actors are trying to achieve and how can we best serve our art form? If being an actor changes you and gives you all these gifts that you wouldn't otherwise have had, then what is it that actors try to bring to an audience? I've interviewed six actors with different backgrounds and levels of experience. As a result of these interviews, I got quite a lot of material. So what I plan to do is to present Secrets of the Actor in two parts. You're listening to part one, and I'll put out the second part in a couple of weeks. The first part features Timothy Anderson, Michelle Brown, and Corey Christensen. And then part two will feature James McDonald, Yemi Shunaga, and Larry Benson. First, we'll hear from Michelle Brown, who has worked as an actor, musician, sessional instructor, and acting coach. She graduated from the BFA acting program at the University of Alberta in 1981. I know from personal experience that she's a wonderful actor and singer, and also a fantastic teacher and director. As an actor, Michelle has toured Alberta extensively and performed across the country and abroad in a number of productions, including the multi-award-winning November Theatre production of The Black Rider, which toured Western Canada and was later invited to the Magnetic North Theatre Festival in St. John's, Newfoundland in 2006, and Spring Alibi, a play written by Linda Wood Edwards, 
which was invited to Washington, D.C.'s inaugural Fringe Festival also in 2006. Last summer, she traveled to Torino, Italy, where she performed in Should've, a play written by Nobel laureate Dr. Roald Hoffman. Should've also traveled to Vancouver in March 2008. Among other teaching credits, Michelle has been a sessional instructor and voice and acting coach in the Department of Drama at the University of Alberta and an acting teacher at the Foot Theatre School at the Citadel Theatre for the past seven years. This summer at the Edmonton International Fringe Theatre Festival, Michelle can be seen in Death's Godson, a piece she co-created with Paul Morgan Donald and Laura Kruski. She's also appearing at the Fringe in Office Tower Tales by Alice Major. So now without further ado, let's listen to what Michelle has to say. So how do you think acting has enriched other aspects of your life or given you insights into other aspects of life? It's very much about being, I think the principles of acting are about being open Mm-hmm. to experience. There's a real focus on being in the moment. We talk a lot about being in the moment, which means being completely available to this present time. Mm-hmm. And when everything or many, many things in our society encourage us to to live ahead of this moment, <laughs> to always be living in the future to be very goal oriented yeah Yeah. that we miss the present and in truth this is you know this is all we have we have this moment you and I speaking together we don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now when we walk out that door that is an unknown so why not indulge the present by being really open and responsive to everything that's going on in this moment and allow the the future to to take care of itself which doesn't mean to be completely oh you know let's you know throw caution to the wind and be completely reckless it's not about that it's not about having no plan Mm -hmm. it is though about attending to what's important which is this time because this time is what we have for sure (laughs) so and do you think it has to do with trusting as well, just trusting that everything will be okay mm-hmm. and so that you can just give yourself over to the moment mm-hmm. because you've, you've prepared. I mean, you've done your training and you know what you're doing. So. Yeah, it's, it's trusting and that's difficult to do because, you know, an actor's life is so mutable. I mean, there, there are no guarantees of anything and you can go a long time without working and it's frustrating and and you know you have to figure that out it is true that acting needs to be necessary it's almost you know i say to people that when i discovered that that the theater was an, addi- an addiction <laughs> that that i became a lot sort of I was kind of comforted by that. I sort of went, oh, well, all right, that makes a lot of sense as to why I would be so driven to to do it in the light of, of, of a kind of unstable, somewhat precarious existence. 
So do you think what you said about acting and openness, do you think that over the years, because of your acting, it's changed you? Or do you think that was an innate quality that you already had, sort of a, a predisposition that led you toward acting? What do you think? I think there was a predisposition towards it. I think you are, you have an impulse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's an impulse to, to do whatever you... There, people know, I think, what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Lots of forces work against the realization of that for lots of people. And for them, I really feel a bit bad mm-hmm. for them. And I end up meeting those people sometimes who, are, who go, you know, at whatever age, you know, I want to be, I've always wanted to do this. I'm here to do this thing that I never did when I was 18 or 19 or 20 or 21. And now I want to work on it. And those people are fabulous because they're completely attending to the impulse. And who knows? I mean, you know, not everybody knows what they want to do at, at 18, 19, or 20 and gets on that path. You come to it. It's never too late. That's <laughs> you right. You come to it at you know, 40, 50, 60 and go, this is what I'm going to do. But I think in my own case, I was predisposed to the profession. Well, it was really great talking to you. Thanks, Elaine. So that was a short extract from my interview with Michelle, the part that focused on secrets of the actor. I'm sure it's left you wanting to hear more from her. The full interview includes some really fascinating material about her process as an actor and the projects she's been involved in as an actor and a teacher. So next month I'll release the rest of the recording. That way you can get to know her better. I'll also be releasing what I'll call the rest of the interview episodes for the other participants, so look for those next month. Next, we'll hear from Timothy Anderson. Timothy is a good friend of mine and is an accomplished actor and singer. He's also a playwright and a published poet, short fiction writer, and novelist. He has a Bachelor of Journalism with combined honors in political science from Carleton University in Ottawa. He has a Bachelor of Music in Voice Performance from the University of Ottawa, and he has an MFA in Creative Writing from the University of British Columbia. Many of Timothy's works have won awards, and his contributions to Alberta were recognized in 2005 when he was awarded an Alberta Centennial Silver Medallion for his work as an artist and advocate. In 2007, he was awarded the Todd James Award for Community Service. His theater and music credits include performing as a baritone soloist in the classical repertoire. He has performed at the Winspear Center, Carnegie Hall, and the National Arts Center. He was a member of the original Canadian cast of Phantom of the Opera. He was in the Canadian premiere of The Secret Garden. He was in the world premiere of St. Carmen of the Main at the Guelph Spring Festival. And he was in Kafka's America by Jerry Potter at Northern Light Theatre. In the interview, Timothy shares with us a very interesting and well-articulated point of view about the role that actors play in society and about the unique contribution of theater as an art form. 
As I've said, I think that the subject of how acting enriches our lives and gives us insight into other aspects of life is closely related to the subject of what we as actors are trying to achieve, so I've included the parts of the interview that deal with both. I hope you enjoy it. What do you think theater can offer an audience that they might not encounter in other art forms? Theater offers an opportunity for the visceral experience that is all-encompassing in a way that music does for the oral sense, but not necessarily for the other senses. I would qualify that by saying that the job of the theater artist is, in essence, that of the professional empath, which is one of the reasons why so many theater artists cinema artists, become very outspoken about political and environmental issues, social issues, because their job is to put themselves into the skins of others, to take on those feelings, those experiences, and interpret them to an audience. Theatre offers an opportunity, a safe opportunity, for people to see close up the things that they feel they need to protect themselves from in their daily life. It gives them an opening. For instance, Les Miserables, an amazing musical. I really like it, and I know there are people who might sniff at the idea of commercial theater, but Les Miserables, when done well, is extremely potent. You got so many people, millions of people, going to see Les Miserables, many of those people who had not gone to theater before. Mm -hmm. And so they would spend $125 a ticket to go and see a musical about poor people. Mm -hmm. About the very people that they would walk by in the street. However, that doesn't mean that that theatrical experience failed because they would pay that $125 and they would have to seriously consider the injustice of punishing people for the fact of their poverty. So you talked at the beginning of this thread that we're following about the visceral experience of theater. Could you just elaborate a little bit more about why being in that visceral experience helps people to have that empathetic experience through the act. Certainly. Okay. When the film Amadeus came out, the soundtrack was a big hit. Even though it was classical music and old hat in many ways, the soundtrack was an amazing hit. The woman who sang the Queen of the Night on that soundtrack was June Anderson. Now, June Anderson is one of the most amazing singers of the latter half of the 20th century. Just flawless, flawless execution. And I've had the opportunity to see her live several times. The soundtrack is astonishing. You can listen to it and you can barely believe that that voice is human. So it's very impressive. But you don't actually relate to that singer. You simply sit there and you admire it. If you go to the live theater and you see June Anderson sing mm. and you see her act and if you sit close enough that you can actually get some of her spit on you, <laughs> then all of a sudden 
It means something different. You're seeing an actual human being, not a disembodied experience, but an actual human being going through a transformative journey. And that journey may be related to a journey you are going through. It may be related to a journey you will at some point face. It may be related to something that you have faced in the past. It may just be something that you recognize someone else you know has gone through. But you are faced with a live human being and you can feel them breathe. Mm. You can't, I mean, if you, are, if you are in a small enough theater, you can tell what they had for dinner. It's a really important physical connection. It's something you don't get with cinema. It's something you don't get with recording. It's one of the reasons why I actually shifted some of my energies from classical music, which was too distanced from the audience, to theater, which I felt was really still trying to speak to the audience in a more direct way. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I had an insight recently that was similar to what you're saying, that what makes theater special is your feeling of the presence of another human being or human beings behind what's being presented to you, the actors, but also just the whole crew that put the play together, even the playwright. And I think sometimes you get that in other art forms, but in theater it's almost guaranteed because there just always are these human beings that you know have prepared this for you and are doing this for you tonight or during a matinee, and it's, it's going to be different than it ever was the day before or that it's going to be the next day. And it is that responsiveness of theater to the audience as well that is different from classical music. In classical music, so much is dictated by the score. And if you are doing an ensemble piece, there is the need for a conductor. And so everything has to be rehearsed, and it is all presented in a way that does not allow for much flexibility and response to the individual audience. Whereas in theater, you can feel the audience. You can gauge your delivery. You can gauge your timing. You can, you can get a sense of how what you are doing affects the audience and how you might want to alter your delivery to ensure that you are taking the audience through the journey with you. Theater can be more responsive in that way than classical mm. music. I don't mean to pit one art against the other. I'm just saying that in terms of doing that particular job, yeah. theater has an advantage. How do you think acting has enriched other aspects of your life or given you insights into other aspects of life? <laughs> well, acting as a performance art has certainly addressed a long-standing issue I've had with being largely an introvert hmm. and preferring to hide. I have learned how to be out there and how to engage with the world in part through the skills I was taught as an actor. I'm still not always comfortable with it and I still haven't managed to overcome a distaste for the telephone. 
But it does mean that I no longer break out into cold sweats and feel like throwing up when faced with having to meet a stranger in their office, for instance, or just at some function. I used to be incredibly shy, mm -hmm. very damagingly shy. When I started at university, I was miserable because I was feeling sick to my stomach a good deal of the time at the thought of having to interact with people. Certainly acting training helped me with that immensely. And that's served me in every aspect of my life. It is also true that the training as an actor, becoming hyper aware of both the physicality and the emotional reality of other people has certainly made it much easier for me to understand people who are different from me. Thank goodness there are people who are different from me. I was brought up in the West Island of Montreal, and you can't imagine a more homogeneous and, well, pathetically boring climate. <laughs> uh, so it's always exciting to me to find people who have had different experiences and to be able to share those experiences. That was something I wasn't able to do, not fully. Now, to be fair, I also have a really strong religious background, and that religious background has also been a key component of encouraging the empathetic response and of actually paying attention to the people around me and seeing people for who they really are and not just glossing over or making assumptions. Well, thank you for your time. I really enjoyed talking to you. I had a good time. Now we're going to hear from Corey Christensen. Corey came to acting later in life. He has a background in music. He's played in local pop, country, and blues bands as a drummer and backing vocalist, and he sings in a jazz quartet. Corey has appeared in lead roles in musicals in many community theater productions. This year, he played Don Quixote in the Horizon Players production of Man of La Mancha, Captain Von Trapp in the Festival Place production of Sound of Music, and El Gallo in the Walterdale Playhouse production of The Fantastics. He's also played Uncle Ed in Crossword Puzzles in the Walterdale Playhouse production of An Evening of One Acts. Last year, Corey appeared as Colonel Ricci in Passion, a musical by Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine at the Edmonton International Fringe Theatre Festival. I got to know Corey a bit when we participated in two acting workshops together, and I can attest to the fact that he's a very talented and dedicated actor. I think you'll enjoy his revelations about how acting has enriched his life. So what do you think it was about theater in particular that made you want to keep going with it despite all the hurdles? And I like the process, for sure you know, the learning. I like being on stage, I admit that. I mean, I, 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 you know, I used to think I should feel guilty about it, but I don't. <laughs> um, but that's not the end all be all. I mean, I think one of the things that I was really surprised about was the friendships that you make, especially in, in community theater or amateur theater. I did not see that coming. 
I did not realize that would happen. In my first show, I mean, there was 30 of us, and it was four or five months of, of just being a part of this big family. And to this day, from that show, um, the gentleman that played my brother is basically still my brother. And, uh, and I have several new mothers now. I have all these <laughs> friends. And, and then, uh, again, with the production staff, you know, the directors and the musical directors and the choreographers and, and the people that you meet along the way. I mean, they're so amazing. They're so talented and they give their time. And you have to be, I think, to do it well, to do this well. I think you have to be vulnerable. And I th it's amazing. You put your heart on your sleeve and people accept you and they, you know, you make a fool of yourself and they're so supportive. And I think you just gain a trust that that you don't get in the so-called normal world or the real world, per se. I think there is a little bit of um, unrealness in theater. And I think I like that. I mean, I think I like that camaraderie. It forces you. It forces you to meet people that you'd never meet. And that side of it was amazing, I think. There's a lot of other reasons, it turns out, why I did it. I mean, it was very cathartic for me, and there was a lot of other things. But I don't know. People like to play golf. People like to, you know grow things in their garden or whatever. Uh, people like to read, people like to play video games, I'm not sure. It turns out I like to <laughs> stand on stage and sing, you know. Um, but it's the process, it's not just the final, the final product. But at least, I mean, you always have that goal, you work towards something. Um, yeah. So how do you think acting has enriched other aspects of your life or giving you insights into other aspects of life? And I think you already touched on this a little bit when yeah. at the beginning um, and you were talking about trust. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was quite profound already. But if mm -hmm. you have anything else to add to this question about how acting has enriched other aspects That's of your life. life. I've definitely become a, a better observer. There's no doubt about that. I'm a better listener. I think I'm a little calmer, if it's hard to believe. I don't know. I, it gives me, some, in some regards, something to come home for. Uh, you know, you work all day, and uh, work is fine. I think that's part of it. It's helped me grow. There's no doubt about it. To do what we do, to get up on stage, um, you know, confidence building. I mean, all those things are there. But I, I, I really think the friendships and... And having to, to go to some places in, my, in myself that I maybe had forgotten about or maybe should have dealt with, like I do think it's been kind of cathartic. I really do. That you, you learn about yourself. Learn about myself yeah. again. And, you know, because I think we, we become comfortable. And this is, in some regards, it's, it's, it's safe. It's hard work. But, I mean, you're, you're having to go back and you're having to go to these places. And that's not easy. I mean, there's been a few rehearsals where I'm driving home and I'm just, you know... You just you're you're sad or or you're elated or and it's just and it's all it's been is it's just because you've rethought about some things that happened in your life and it's been it's pretty powerful so I think that's definitely enriched my life it's made me I guess be thankful and not so much ruminate but you know think about yeah. think about the past and and maybe put things in order again. And, that, and, and to me, what that says is that you really are bringing the truth inside yourself to the role. Like you're trying yeah. to bring something true to the role, or yeah. else it wouldn't bring up all those real things yeah. inside of you. Well, I've, I've mentioned before this, this journey idea, and I, I'm not sure. I'm sure it was some director that used the term, and it stuck with me. 
but um, I really do believe that if you're on stage, you should be taking someone on a journey. And what, but what you have to do is you have to take the journey first. You have to do the work and you have to find all these places before you can take them. Because really, if you just go up there and, and go on stage because you like doing it, it's, it's just going to be, you know, it's a lot of people having fun and that's not the point. You have to go and, uh, yeah, and, and really move people. I, I believe that, because you go to some shows, it's like a script reading. I mean, you can't, you, you can't remember what people say. Like, and, and, and you'll probably not remember a lot of things that I say today. But if you can invoke a feeling, if you can make somebody sort of go, yeah, and, and make them think about something in their own life, that they'll remember. That they'll remember. And I, and I think that's what you, you aim for. I think you aim to give people an opportunity to, yeah, to grow and to, to have, a, you know, have an emotional touch with the scene or the, the actor or, the, or a moment in their life. And, and then I think you're, you're doing good. Yeah. I'm just curious, um, how do you think you keep that journey fresh every time you do it so that you know, you're, you're creating it afresh every time yeah. that you do it for the audience? Well, an actual performance, it's probably just fear. <laughs> you know, and, and my, my burning desire to not make mistakes, I guess, and, and, and things like that. So you're really in the moment. Yeah, yeah, you're forced, moment. yeah. Yes. But, but the actual process of, of learning a character or learning a script or something like that, for me, right now, it's, it's, it's interesting. I take it more as an honor. I take it as an honor to, to speak the words that the, that the, the writer wrote. It's amazing what work they do and, and how poignant it is. I, I, I feel it's an honor to, to live the life of the character. Mm. And, and yeah, so I think that's part of the driving force. And it, I also find it really interesting because I've played sort of a, quite a genre now. I mean, I haven't been in a lot of shows. Of, you know, people in different parts of, of, you know, being rich or poor and from different eras and different parts of time. And everyone, it seems, kind of has Pretty, all, pretty much in common, you know. We all kind of have the same problems and stuff like that. Um, you wear a different, you know, different wig and different shoes, but it, it's just interesting to live those real life moments and how they solve them and and how you solve them as an actor. And and I I just find it really exciting. I really enjoy that. I enjoy figuring out, I guess, what the character, how they think and feel. And same thing with how you know how the writer thought and. And then, and then you've got the, you know, right in, right in the moment, you've got a director that has a vision and an idea, and then trying to, to create that, and, uh, you know, and then interacting with, with the other actors and, and letting go. I mean, when I'm in rehearsal, I, I don't know my name. I don't know what city I'm living in. I mean, it, it is so involving and so amazing that to not be involved and to not enjoy it I can't imagine it. And if it ever happens, I guess, you know, then I guess I'd find something else to do, I suppose, you know. But yeah, there's a, that'd be the long answer, yeah. Well, it's a good, that's a really good answer. Yeah. So I really enjoyed talking to you. I'm really glad that we got together for this interview. Yes. Yes, definitely. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for part two, which should be out within a couple of weeks. I'm Elaine Elrod. So long until next time.